Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Hello and welcome back to the SC Playbook AFL podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SEW. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'll be taking you through things this evening. And joining me, first of all, is a man who's on an absolute mission at the moment. He's stormed into the top 1,000. It's the 2021 runner-up, Stevie Nico. Nico, how are you going tonight? Doing good, thanks, Charlie. Um, team's doing well, so... Everything's pretty positive at uh, at my end of the podcast over here. That's good. Good to hear. And on the uh, on the line as well is the SC Bandit. Bandit, how are you going? Hey boys, I'm uh, I'm good. Uh, buy rounds are over. Thank thank goodness for that. Um, four weeks of buys is way too many in my opinion. So hopefully the AFL can can change that for next year. But uh, yeah, teams in not too bad shape. Not as good as uh, as Nico's. But uh, yeah, looking forward to hopefully. Um, just yeah, steadily climbing the ranks in the last uh, in the last part of the season. Yeah, I agree with you with that buy thing. Um, four weeks is way too long, um, and yeah, I really hope that the AFL take a look at, look at it next year and, and maybe just limit it to, to one weekend off for, for all teams. Nico, how did you go on the weekend? Obviously, you had another big score, and I think that takes up your your overall buy um, scoring to past eight thousand. Um, if I'm correct, H- how'd you go? Yeah, I did pretty well. I only had the 18 players this week, but still managed to uh, get over 2,100, which was good. So 2,101, uh, 2,102, sorry. Um, so that included, you know, Marich's score uh, of 16 and Dev Rob of 33. So all the primos did really, really well for me. Um, five out of five league wins with that 2,100 score and jumped up the rankings 524 places up to 987 wow that is uh it's a meteoric rise considering well before the buyers you were at one stage 40,000th um that's ridiculous yeah end of round four I was 44k yeah, yeah so um yeah pretty proud of that effort um it's it's been a, a good like build upwards the, the whole way so hopefully um you know that trajectory continues nice we'll uh, we'll touch on buy strategy in just a little bit bandit how did you go on the weekend i think you outscored me um i don't know for certain but did, did you have a good week yeah i had a pretty pretty solid week i think this might have been my best um by, by week for uh for the season actually so i scored uh 2073 um which put me uh, inside the top four thousand for for the week, which was which was good. Um, currently sitting at four thousand and fortieth uh, overall at the moment, so um, came out of the buys with a better overall rank than um, what I came into them with, which I think is um, is a positive. Um, so uh, yeah, like I said before, not obviously the the meteoric rise as you said as uh, as Nico's team um, has had, but uh, yeah, not not too bad. I don't think considering I've um, had a bit of a an up and down season, I think, particularly on the rookie front, just not picking the guys that um, you know you really needed to to really surge up the ranks. Um, you know, I think I've done done okay considering. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed, my team can hold it together for the uh, the last part of the year. But yeah, that's uh, both of you did <clears throat> much better than I did on the weekend, and overall much better than I have been doing in the buy period. I scored. 
at 2010, um, which actually netted me my first rank rise in about five weeks, which was uh, which was a sight for sore eyes. That got me up to 2,963rd. Um, can't complain too much. I think my team's in a, in a bit of a strong position. After trades, I'll be full primo, so I'm relatively happy. Guys, every week on the pod, we uh, we give out our most valuable Supercoach player votes. Um, basically, a 3-2-1 system. It's very loose. It can be in your team. It can be out of your team. doesn't really matter. I'll start with you, Bennett. Who gets your 3-2-1 most valuable player votes? Yeah, I'll start with uh, I'll start with one. I gave one to to Will Day. Uh, looks like the the break last week did him the world of good. Um, he's probably the one bright note for for Hawthorne against the Suns. Um, they were pretty. They started well. They kicked the first three goals of the game, and that was really that was really it. They didn't really give a yelp after that. So um, he was the one positive for for them. Um, gave two to Jordan Dawson. Superb against the Pies again. Um, could have had a chance to kick a second match winning goal for the Siren like he did in the showdown last year, but. Uh, we won't go into that one, given Nico's on the on the pod with us today. Um, <laughs> Nothing but, yet. Uh, yeah, he, was, he was maybe a little bit stiff, but uh, anyway, we uh, we digress. Uh, and three to to Goulden. Uh, I think I potted him on the pod last time I was on. Gave him some LVP votes, but um, no, nah, he was sens- he was sensational against West Coast. Three goals, thirty two touches, and one hundred and sixty four super coach points. What um, what more can you ask for? Very lovely. I will just, before I go to you, Nico, I will just touch on that Jordan Dawson thing because I do think it was a free kick, but I uh, I empathise with the umpires because you just you cannot pay that free kick at that point in the game. And if anything, like the reaction from the, the Crows players and supporters alike has just been, I'll, I'll come out and say, I think it's been a bit childish. I think that they're carrying on a fair bit. It's happened three days ago um, and they're still doing interviews about it and and talking about it I just what do you think Nico should they just grow up and and get on with the game uh, look there's there's a hundred decisions in a match that um, that can go either your way or, or against your way um, it was probably a 50 50 call look they can obviously pay it um, you know at the time of of the match and all that kind of stuff but um, look I mean we could have got a free kick 20 or 30 seconds earlier for a for a head high contact um as well and that would have been the game one too so yeah look it obviously got him on the lip there and drew a bit of blood so there was definitely contact and it's just one of those things move on yeah what about your what about your votes nico who gets your your three two and one yeah so i've given one to jordan dawson's 149 just because you know, we almost expect that kind of performances from him these days two to errol gordon's 164 Against West Coast, probably expected something good there as well. And three to Will Day for 141, which was completely unexpected. And um, with Sicily out, even, um, you know, scooped up the ball off half back a little bit and played a bit of intercept from what I saw. So, yeah, would like to see that for another week for Sick Dog Returns. Yeah, well, I, I'm hoping to see that for the next five years or however long he's signed on for because that was that was awesome. That was great to watch as a Hawthorne supporter. Um, my votes, I've given one to his fellow teammate, Seamus Mitchell. Um, I held him through his buys um, because I wanted his number in round 15. He delivered with a 97, um, I believe. Or it was definitely in the 90s. Um, two votes to Jordan Dawson. And, yeah, three votes for that Errol Golden Masterclass against the the Witches Cones, uh, the Eagles. Um, that was just a, a demolition. Bandit, who gets your loser votes? Yeah, bit of a, it was kind of a tough week. I mean, a lot of the popular primos um, did well, so I had to go sort of a little bit out wide. Um, but gave, gave one to, to Bailey Humphrey, who's, who's probably a little bit stiff after the sort of five-week patch that he's put in for 
for owners, but just 34 points against Hawthorne. Um, he lost his centre bounce role with Sam Flanders coming back into the team. Um, didn't attend a centre bounce for the week, so um, if I was him, I'd be um, I'd be jumping off because I think his role is, is potentially gone. He might just be slowing down a bit. Um, Gold Coast did have their buy, what was it, three, four weeks ago now, so um, he's been in a pretty hot patch of form, but he's also been playing a pretty taxing role in that in that midfield, so he might be just fatiguing a little bit now and might need a, might need a spell potentially. Um, I have two to his teammate, um, Matt Rowell, who I uh, currently own in, in my side. Um, 87 points wasn't a disaster, but he, he left a he left a big score on the on the park, gave away three free kicks and um, had less than 200 metres gained from, from 20 touches. So that was um, that was a bit disappointing considering that Gold Coast won pretty comfortably. I was hoping he'd um, have a bit of a day out there. But um, anyway, um, and then gave three to, to Jezza Cameron. Um, not his fault that he got knocked out when he did, but... He hadn't touched the footy for the first 15 minutes of the game and, and was subbed out. So um, will likely be 300k or less in, in three weeks or so when he comes back, which is pretty crazy considering he was nearly 600k um, after round six, I think it was. So um, he's uh, he's fallen a long way. Yeah, Jezza Cameron is very interesting. I'm sure we'll touch on him in the next couple of weeks. Nico, who gets your three votes and two votes and one vote? I've stuck to my team, so I've given one to Jared Witts, just the poor start that he had. I think he was in the negatives at quarter time, so... Negative four, uh, he got to 80, Yeah, he got to 83, yeah. which, you know, isn't too bad, but expected more, especially after I've got rid of Briggs. Uh, I've given two to Ryan Marich. It's not his fault. Um, he only scored 16, losing by 200 points as a forward. Not ideal, but anyway, two for him. And... Um, <laughs> Three to Dev Robertson for uh, his 33 points. So he's on a wing roll where, you know, I probably got um, a little bit of, I guess, uh, false sense of security with his performance last week. We might have got a bit lucky in the second half and, and got up to a 95. So, yeah, not ideal with the 33. And I'm hoping he keeps his spot so I can have a look and see what he scores on Thursday night. Dude, you've got rookie hunting oh, there, Nico. Stiff. Yeah. yeah. The second game on two votes. Oh. All the primos <laughs> did well. He was he was an 18th body as well, so his score counted. Yeah, I, I had him as well in my team. That was annoying. Yeah. yeah. Gee, upon reflection, Nico, you did incredibly well to get over 2,100, given Marich and Dev Robertson. And did you have Harvey Harrison for his 50? Did you bring him in? No, no, no. I, no. I, okay. I, I pondered that move yep. um, after Marich's 16, just to boot that score out, but decided I wanted to keep a bit of flexibility in my forward line rather than having two forward benches. Yeah, very fair enough. I've given one vote to Jared Witts. Yeah, as he said, that that negative four, I believe it was negative four at quarter time. Look, he did really well to salvage, um, you know, an 84 or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, expecting a lot more from him. From him. Uh, two votes goes to Tom Mitchell on debut for my team. Um, he got more than enough of the footy. Um, but, yeah, just 55 Percent disposal efficiency, um, and yeah, a lot of turnovers, and I think five clangers as well uh, really brought his score down. And three votes goes to Mason Redmond for his 67. Um, but it was just a bad week from him. It, Mark, Michael Frederick was cl- following him pretty closely um, for majority of the afternoon, uh, so hopefully that doesn't carry on in the future weeks. Because yeah, we've seen this year that Mason Redmond, when he when he does score well, um, it's a it's a it's a very very good sight to watch. Boys. Um, 
You've been listening to Eddie talk about mortgage choice, SCW, a lot over the last 12 months on the show. And most people like me are probably thinking they're way off being in a position to buy a house and that's irrelevant to them. But actually, they can get you a loan for pretty much anything and it doesn't even have to be a house. If Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Paddy and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because a $129 fee is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles in our website for the email, phone contact or QR code if that's easier. All right, guys, we've reached the big topics of the podcast and starting us off is just a a really general by reflection chit chat. Nico, I want to start with you because... You've had, as we have touched on, an unbelievable buy period. I think what were you before the buys? Maybe six thousandth or or thereabouts. Oh, maybe a bit less. The, maybe four. Yeah, four to five thousand. Into the history. Yeah, I, I could do that while we while we chat about it. I'll, I'll find that out in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Whatever so it was, I, I planned. Yeah. Yeah, I planned um, for it. You know, pretty much from the start of the season. So having. Having an eye on, on which primos I've got in my starting team and make, making sure that they're balanced across all the buy periods and all that kind of stuff. So I think, yeah, look, I think that strategy helped um, and also keeping it in mind when I was trading new players into my team as well. Um, we, did you guys plan thoroughly for it as well or did you sort of wing it a little bit? I uh, I did. I, I had a look at it. Sorry, Bandit. Yeah, I had a look at it. Um, but I'll, I will look back on my sliding doors moment for this season uh, for some, oh, I don't know why. I brought in Jack Steele. Um, he was underpriced. <laughs> I and for that trade, I was was not looking at my buy structure at all. That has turned um, into an absolute shit show for me because not only did he screw up my buy structure, he's also just scoring terribly. Look, I hope he's on the up uh, as of now. But yeah, I'll I will look back on that moment with a lot of regret. Um, apart from that, though, I, I kept an, an eye on it in the background, but it definitely wasn't. Something that I was, you know, super focused on. Uh, what about you, Bandit? Were you, did you pay much attention to it? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was buy planning from quite a way out this year, which was a bit different to what I did um, last year. Uh, one tool that I found really helpful was um, using the Marrera's Magic um, buy planner um, tool, just to give a bit of a plug to to Selby and what he does on on his website. But um, that tool was really helpful just to get an idea of sort of how your team was looking in the weeks leading up to um, leading up to the buyers. So. Um, I thought that was that was really helpful. Um, I think just a, a really good example. You know, obviously Nico's team did really well, but Eddie's um, Eddie's team was really um, really good as well. I think he halved his rank over the buys. I think he tweeted um, uh, tweeted that yesterday or the day before, just sort of showing how um, you know just a little bit of buy planning, just in terms of particularly from your top end with your primos, if you can sort of make sure that you've got a nice even sort of split right the way through. Um, you know, you, you're pretty much guaranteed a rank rise if you can get 18 every week and, and have a decent um, decent fielding primos at week in, week out. So I think that that's really important. And, and to be honest, you can't really hope to to improve your rank over those weeks if um, if you don't pre- if you don't plan ahead. I'm not saying like you know I've had a, a remarkable buy period or anything like that, but I, I was 1,942. Um... I don't know if that's at the end of round 12 or at the start of round 12. That must be at the end. So I, I went into the buys at 2,400. And oh, then right. I've come yeah. out at 987. So no, that's almost, yeah, 
that's almost three times um, the rank. So yeah, um, pretty good. And, that, and that's from 8,232 points as a collective. So I saw a team that, that who won the cup, the Jack Bartel Cup, who got 8,600 and something points. So, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of teams who did better than I did, but um, it just goes to show mm. that a bit of, bit of forward planning and then, you know, maybe a bit of luck. Um, yeah, it can take you a long way. It's a really good period to really boost up the ranks. Yeah, yeah. You definitely, yeah. I think overall it's it's completely and utterly worth um, at least keeping a close eye on it from the very start of the season. Um, and as you bring in players, just having a look at, at where their buy is and, and obviously this becomes redundant if they scrap the buy next year. Um, but yeah, for now, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but um, it is important looking back on this. Nico, we were chatting. Probably, we had a, sorry, oh, sorry yeah, before you go. you go on, Charlie, I, I will just make another point. I probably went into the buy periods carrying a bit too much dead wood with my rookies as well. Um, and so I spent a lot of trades trying to clear them out. Um, so that's probably something I need to look forward um, on next time and maybe keep an eye on the, on the rookies as well. I generally just sort of keep an eye on the premiums. So just something to think mm-hmm. about. Yeah, I, I was the same yeah. on that front. Too, too many dead rookies. Yeah. yeah. Nico, you, you did say before that, yeah, the buyers is a huge opportunity to move up the rankings. We were chatting a little bit in our messenger group chat the other day and I asked you with the question, what were you ranked when you finished um, second overall. Do you remember what you were at this stage coming off the buys? Yeah, I was numero uno. I was in uh, wow. number one. Yeah, yeah. so I, um, I actually went into the buy periods first and then came out of the buy periods first. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, once again, you know, just just planned for them, got the, got the spreadsheet out, you know, mapped out sort of what I was going to do, who I had available, you know, in the next week, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, look, it it works for me, so I recommend. Yeah, nice. Where's the? Uh, where are you hoping to finish this year? Where's like a, a realistic goal for you? Do you reckon? Uh, I'd probably say top five hundred would be realistic. Um, mm-hmm. I was just chatting to someone who's in forty fourth at the moment, and um, wow. he's got seven trades and six hundred k in the bank, and wow. he's <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah, and he's at full primo as well. Wow. So Jeez. I'm telling him to luxury trade his ass off, basically. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Get rid, of, get rid of cogs, go to butters, oh, and we'll do all these kind of moves. So there's literally yeah. no chance I'm going to get into the the upper echelon of, of these guys. So, yeah, um, yeah I think I think the top 500 is a pretty realistic game. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll chat about um, further strategy later on, but... If you were in his position and you've got that much in the bank, would you luxury trade or would you bring in some loop options off the bench? What do you reckon? Yeah, it really just depends on who's available. If if Mills had, if if it was Mills next week uh, and dropped another forty to fifty k, then I'd probably do that as a as a loop option for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But with yeah, with seven trades and. And that kind of coin, I'd probably just yeah, um, just move on a couple of those you know iffy primos. Um, so yeah, he doesn't have a steal or, or that, but I mean he's got Will Day who might not keep up this kind of form and all that kind of stuff. But I think definitely if you've got someone like I've got five who can cover my mids, cover my ruck line, cover my forwards. Um, so yeah, I mean obviously having someone with that. DPP, um, probably someone a little bit better than, than Nat, you know, in, in his situation. But um, 
yeah, look, there's definitely merit in having that one, I guess that 23rd premium that can cover multiple lines with DPP, absolutely. Mm. What about you, Bandit? Would you would you be the same or would you look for, um, you know, taking a, a rookie from the bench and, and getting them up? With 600K, you can easily get them up to, you know, an uber primo. Would you do that? Yeah, I think I remember one of the, one of the very first years I played Supercoach 2016, I think it was, um, I finished in the top 500 that year um, and was full primo pretty pretty early in the season, around sort of round 15 or 16. Um, and I had like a complete um, midfield at that point. I think um, I actually went for a bit of a breakout option. I think I traded in either Dylan Shield or Patrick Cripps just as they were sort of starting to become, you know, sort of genuine, bona fide, um, sort of super coach relevant players. And um, both those guys had really good ends to their seasons in that year. And I was able to basically loophole one of them um, off the bench every week effectively. And that really boosted my rank um, towards the end of the season in particular. So um, it's with seven trades left, like it's a bit of a free hit. You can potentially take a pun on someone like, um, I'm just trying to think, um, someone like a Chad Warner or um, mm. even someone a little bit cheaper like a, a Ben Hobbs or someone like that, someone who could just sort of go to that next level towards the back end of this year and, and just be that real point of difference player for you off the bench. So um, if, if you're missing one of the top guys, um, you know, obviously that's a, that's a pretty obvious trade-in, but um, part of me I think would want to keep some of that salary in the bank just for a rainy day um, potentially and maybe you can just have a free swing at one of those um, breakout types who, you know, can potentially be a real difference making for you, for you in the last um, in the last month of the season. We're, we're chatting a lot about trades at the moment, but arguably the biggest topic and, and probably the biggest trade discussion that we're going to have this week in an otherwise pretty, pretty dry um, week of news is Clayton Oliver. Um, he's missing this week. I think he's listed as, as one, another one to two that just, just stretched on for, I think this is like the fifth or sixth week now, which has just been ongoing. Nico, you've got a couple rumours in the mill um, that we might not touch on in the podcast, but there, there are a lot of rumours going around. Um, I like to take his side on things and, look, I'm going to say it's just a hammy and it's only a hammy. But if you've got him and you've held him this long, I mean, Nico, what do you do? Do you, do you trade or do you continue holding? We are back to best 22 now, so you will need, you know, that primo score. Can you really afford to, to hold him another week? I really think you have to. Like, what if he just comes back in, you know, next week? Like, not this week, obviously, but the, the next week. Um, you've held him for, for this long. I think that you just have to keep holding him um, because a lot of people have jumped off. Uh, I haven't had a look at the, the ownership uh, percentages, but, I mean, he'd be pretty much a, a point of difference coming into finals time, I would have thought. Um, and you could really sort of make your opponents, especially in, in leagues, really make your opponents pay by having him a, v, a VC or a C every single week uh, of those of those finals matches. So, you know, and he's every chance to, to hit his 140 break even as well. He's that type of player. Um, I mean, I, I probably personally wouldn't be buying him straight off the bat. I'd probably want to see him, just see how he's moving, see if he's the same old Clary. Um, but yeah, look, he's, he's one of the two probably you know, best players, super coach wise and talent wise in the comp. So yeah, really, really disappointing because it was a 50, 50 call, whether you held him mm. or whether you traded him. Yeah. What a month ago, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was just looking at his ownership stats here while, while you guys were talking then. So he, after round 10, he was in 104,000 teams. The week after, he was in 49,000 teams. So, he, so his ownership basically yeah. halved in that first week, myself included. I jumped off him in the in the week after he did his hammy, which was annoying because I traded mm-hmm. him in that week and then he did his hammy and then I traded him straight out again. But in mm-hmm. hindsight, it's, it's probably one of the main calls that I've actually got right this year and it's probably saved my rank from from dropping off a cliff, to be honest, because I brought in Merritt um, as his replacement. But his ownership's held pretty steady in the last sort of three weeks. It's been sort of 43,000 teams and it's just dipped below 43,000 in the last in the last week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that this week, given that he's going to miss again how many people that are still holding him decide mm. to pull the trigger and, and jump off. Yeah. I mean, even if he does come back in a, in a week or two, Bennett, could you see Melbourne um, adopting a similar tactic to what Sydney have done with Callum Mills, where they bring him on, they play him for three quarters, hopefully they, they run out the game by that point and then they sub him off. If they do that, obviously he's going to drop a you know a heck of a lot in cash. Could you see them doing that? Um, probably not. Um, they've got a pretty tricky run coming up, um, Melbourne. So they play GWS this week, which Oliver will obviously not. Um, he'll obviously not play that game. And then they play St Kilda, Brisbane, Adelaide, and potentially a, a very informed Richmond. So um, all those games are in Melbourne, which will definitely help the, the recovery side of things, not having to sort of travel and be on planes and stuff, but. Um, that's a pretty tough run um, that they've got coming up. So I think um, they'll want to make sure he's cherry ripe, but I don't think they'll roll him out and then sub him off. Um, you know, if they're playing West Coast, it might be might be different. But um, yeah, I can't really see him being subbed off. Is um is Marvel Stadium still like hard and like do players get injured there more? I know that was probably a thing of a few years ago, but they might not risk him uh, with a match at Marvel against the Saints. They might just mm. wait. For the Lions at the G, they've got three games in a row mm. at the G. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah, my 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 view of it is it's very team dependent. So like your mate Nico has got seven trades left. If he's got Oliver, then you can obviously you can obviously trade him out. But mm. um, you know, you're also getting an extra game if you do trade him. You're you're also getting an extra game out of a primo that you wouldn't otherwise have if you held Oliver for a week. So. If I had, I don't know, maybe five trades left and you could straight swap into someone else, I'd probably seriously consider it, to be honest, just because, you know, you might get a 130 points straight up over um, the people that do decide to hold him and with that extra game. So that was kind of where I was thinking about it today. Um, but obviously, I don't have him anymore. So um, it's all sort of speculation at this point. But, yeah, it's it's very team dependent. And, and like Nico said before, it's this is another 50-50 call. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, really. I um I traded him to Sicily, so that didn't work out for me either. But yeah, yeah. anyway, things could have been yeah. a bit better on that front. I, I was thinking um, about that before, Bandit. It's just if you do hold him, and let's say he misses two weeks, and you have to field a rookie in his place, that fifty to seventy to ninety points that you're missing out on each week, that's going to add up, and like you are going to be, you know clawing your way back, which at, at this point of the season is almost going to be impossible if you're going for an overall rank. Um, yeah, it's a really it's a really tricky one. Um, Nico, I'm assuming if, he, if you've held him, if you've held him so long so far, yeah. I'm assuming you've got decent cover. You don't have a marriage or someone, you know, covering him. Which Well, it has been the buyers though, which is yeah, you know, best eight. You've been able to, get, yeah, been able yeah, to yeah. dodge it because it's been best 18. But now that, now that we're yeah, rolling back yeah. to best 22 and teams are starting to roll out those extra three or four primos. 
That's where yeah. that's where it's yeah. really going to hurt. Yeah, I, I think obviously, yeah, it's dependent on trades and your overall team structure. But I think yeah, if you are short on trades, um, look, I yeah, I think he, I think he is a must trade to be honest. But I think you if you trade him, I don't know if you can bring him back in. Bandit, what do you reckon? The the one scenario I wouldn't trade him is if you're just playing for cash legs. Like if you're in legs and you're not worried yeah. about your overall rank, then absolutely. If you want to win your league, then hold him because he would be if he would be a massive pot if you're heading into the league mm-hmm. finals and your opponent doesn't have him and you do, that would be a huge advantage, I reckon. Yeah, you just got to make sure you're in finals. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your, your team yeah. will be. Nico. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're laughing. I think you're top of the ladder. Yeah. Um, Nico, when, when he does come back, obviously he's going to come back eventually. This isn't going to be a season-ending injury. Is he trade target numero uno? Is there anyone else that can match him on, on the park? Yeah, look, probably not, but I've made the decision to bring in Petrarca and have those two or three extra games now that it's going to be, um, you know, as a head-to-head with Oliver. So I made that decision to go with his teammate. I wouldn't be trying to bring him in because I just I physically won't be able to do it with, you know, the trades and the money that I've got left. Like, I'm looking at players, you know, around the, the 500 to five. 40k mark there's yeah there's no way i can you know reach up to someone at 650 mm-hmm. yeah fair enough let's say you're like me and you're like bandit and you own jack Steele. who well let's hope he's on the up he's coming off a 97 he's got a break even of 112 um in the time that clary returns look clary is probably going to lose a bit of price hopefully during that time jack Steele is going to go up is that an obvious trade to go if you can do it in one trade, is that obvious? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, if Oliver's come back and he's looking really good, yeah. I mean, he's mm. probably going to come back on one leg and look better than Jack Steele, but <laughs> the way he's going at the moment. Jack Steele's legs have dropped yeah. off, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's pretty obvious, mate. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got Steele, for sure. Um, yeah. But whereas, like, for me, I'd, I'd probably have, you know, a, a Tom Green or maybe a Will Day at, at MA, potentially. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, Will yeah, Day could be enough. another luxury trade-up as well, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. His um, price is going up. Yeah, well, and, and he's got a good role now. So maybe maybe he is a season keeper after all. If he floats back into defence like he did in that second quarter, I think he had something like 50 super coach points. He had hmm. 10 disposals, like four marks. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. I remember Eddie sent a text in, um, yeah, to our chat, and he said, Day's just racked up 30 points in, like, Two and a half minutes. Just give it a kick mark, kick mark, kick mark. Um, that was ridiculous, boys. I, I'm really excited to get onto this part of of the uh, of the podcast, and it's basically just a predicted end of season best twenty two, um, kind of like a rolling twenty two. But now that the buy is over, I want you to dive into your predictions for which players will finish their, the season in the top, you know, six, eight, or two um, in their respective lines from here on. Bandit, who have you gone with in the defence? Yeah, so I base this on averages, not so much um, total points, just because mm. I think averages are a bit more relevant at this time of year rather than rather than total points, especially with someone like Sisley, who will obviously be a, a top six defender. But yeah, I reckon there won't be much change at the top here. I think Dacos, Dawson, Sisley, when he comes back, um, my my nemesis, Luke Ryan, uh, Tom Stewart, 
and uh, one of Sinclair and, and Caleb Daniel will be um, will be your top six defenders, and they look pretty clear cut to be honest. There's a bit of a gap from sort of Sinclair and Daniel down to um, you know your, your Dan Houston's and the like. So uh, I think those those six are pretty cut and dry for me. Nico, you've been very very hot on Dan Houston today. Um, obviously, with yeah. your with your weekly article that you've you've put out, does he make your end of season top six? He's right there for the the fifth and sixth spot, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So you could pretty much throw a blanket over guys like Sinclair, Stewart, Caleb Daniel, Dan Houston. Um, I think the top two are just clear cut. It, it's Nick Dacos and it's Jordan Dawson. I was actually quite surprised to see Luke Ryan really up there on total mm. points and, and average, like an actual like decent gap to to the next person in total points. Um, and agree with with Sicily there on on average. Uh, so they're they're the four main guys, and then as I said, those guys that I, I mentioned, are, you know, it could be any one of those guys taking, um, you know, having a rocket in the second half of the season and, and filling those last couple of spots. Doherty's kind of one that comes to mind who might charge into those sort of calculations if he keeps this role he's got off halfback. Question without notice, Nico. Do you reckon we'll be keeping Nick Dacos as a defender next year? I saw he played pretty much full time mid on on the weekend against the Crows. Do you reckon he'll keep his DPP? Yeah, I think he will. Yep, absolutely. He's um he does he have DPP at the moment? No, he's he's just a pure defender um, at the mm. moment. So he doesn't even have midfield status added to him so far this season. So I'd be utterly shocked if he was. Yeah, he might be. He, he might get DPP year. next year potentially. Yeah. Probably get the DPP next year. Yep. Yep. I've gone, um, yeah, again, pretty cut and dry. Nick Dacos, Jordan Dawson, James Sicily. Um, Tom Stewart's going to be up there. His average is still down from his injury-affected game uh, very early on. So um, I think he's probably a top three defender. Um, and then I've got to show some love to Jack Sinclair, who is in my team at the moment. He's got a three-round average of 120 and a five-round average of 118. Um, well, oh, that's Four, no, that's five, I think. And then, yeah, rounding out the six. Ooh, I really don't want to put him in, but, yeah, I think it's going to be Luke Ryan. Um, he had a stinger of a month from round 10 to round 13 um, in the games that he played. He had 85, 84, 91, 83, which is very reminiscent of when we owned him last year, Bandit. Um, no, that reminds me. But, yeah, that, that, yeah, he's pumping out consistent 110s. Um, he looks great. He's, he's averaging 110 and he's priced at just 521k, which, they yeah, that's that's value. Such a nice I'll, fixture run coming home too. Yeah, they do. They really do. Um, yeah, I'm tempted by him as a trade-in option this week. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can go back on my word, but, yeah, we'll see. Bandit, who makes your top eight mids? Yeah, don't do it, Charlie. Stay solid, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, don't think there'll be too much movement here either. Um, I reckon Bont, uh, Oliver, when he comes back, um, his teammate Petrarca, Libba, Laird, Merritt. I think Neil will jump up a bit in the last part of the season. He started the year a bit slowly, but he's just started to show some signs in the last few weeks that he's probably turning the corner a bit. Um, and also Josh Kelly as well. I think his best this year has been as good as anyone's potentially. So um, we saw he had a massive score, I think. Um, what game was it against? Uh, was it Richmond where he scored the 160? can't remember exactly. Yeah, whatever. He just, had, he just had, that, he had that classic Josh Kelly game that he has once or twice a year. Yeah. 
where he just goes absolutely yeah. ballistic um, and, and yeah. it makes us wonder why, we, why he can't produce that week in, week out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he can sneak into the top eight on averages as well. Mm-hmm. Nico, what about you? I think it's pretty clear-cut. Uh, number one is just miles ahead, uh, Bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petrarca, I think he's right up there with Laird and Libba, who's played one less game, but is right in the conversation on total points, even having played one less game um, and average is obviously right up there. Uh, Clary's there as well um, when he'll return. But once again, I mean, you just throw a blanket over Neil Sarong, Chera, who's been outstanding. Mm. He's in the mix for, for like a sixth spot. Um, but one guy I do like coming home because of the fixture is Andrew Brayshaw, who's mm-hmm. really strung together um, a good piece of form. Uh, and Zach Merritt as well, who they've still got North Melbourne and, and West Coast to play again on, on the run home. So you'd think he's, you know, he's due for a couple of massive scores again. Yeah, he definitely Bray- is. Brayshaw's average, uh, five round average is 120. So he's airborne. Yep. Yeah. I've gone, um, I've got Marcus Bontempelli, Rory Laird. Yeah, I think Zach Merritt's going to have a terrific um, end of season run. And as a non-owner, it's very scary to... To uh, anticipate that, um, Lockie Neal, he's picked up, um, you know, he had a pretty poor start to the year, but yeah, he's definitely picked up since then. I think, yeah, when Clayton Oliver returns, he's going to be a must-have. I think you can't deny Andy Brayshaw's form of late. Um, you also can't deny Christian Petrarca's form of late. He's been incredible. He's averaging 119 for the year. Um, I think that gets me to seven. And then rounding out the team, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a smoky in there. I think, yeah, Darcy Parrish, I think he is going to, live up to the hype that we all had in, in pre-season. Um, hopefully he stays injury-free. But, yeah, with those two fixtures, um, North Melbourne and West Coast to come, I think, yeah, he could be in for a really, really big uh, back end of the year. Bandit, who gets your R1 and R2 positions? Don't mind the parish call, playing playing for a contract. There's, uh, there's mm, plenty, exactly. plenty of incentive there, so I don't don't mind that call from, from you, Chief. Uh, Thank you. Pretty, uh, pretty cut and dry on the rocks. I think English and, and Marshall have shown that they're probably the two um, most consistent. Um, Briggs is certainly coming with a rush in terms of averages. He's been unbelievable since he came into that GWS side. But, um, yeah, I think English and Marshall are still the clear two. Marshall plays West Coast this week, um, which we all know is a pretty, pretty soft kill against um, against Bailey Williams. So he should, he should pump out a big score there. Um, I think those two will continue on their, their merry way, providing that um, they don't get injured or, uh, or rested. Yeah, hopefully they don't sub him out at three-quarter time, yeah. Charlie, like, oh, when you had him captain. That. Yeah, I still I still haven't forgotten about that. I'm I, so stiff. Oh, Nico, why'd you bring it up? Why'd you bring it up? That was... That, that also, that's a sliding doors moment for me for this season. I just... Yeah. If I went the safe option in Bond, I, think, I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I imagine he scored a 130 that round, but probably... Um, yeah, that hurts. Thanks, Nico. <laughs> no, no um, um, Tim English is a clear number one. Ruck. Yeah. I'm still shocked that people traded him over the buy period. Um, so, mm. uh, obviously, coming home is Kieran Briggs. I reckon he, on on average, could take that R2 spot. Uh, but I do like Jared Witts as well. I think, yeah, look, on the weekend, might have just been a tough opponent and a bit of a poor start, but I'd be kind of expecting him to get back to that sort of 110 plus scores from here on in. And with Tuke back as well, uh, not this week, but next week, um, he should see a little lift in his points as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. I've gone um, 
Look, I still don't know if I can trust Kieran Briggs. Um, so I've gone Tim English R1. And yeah, it's a toss-up between Wits and Marshall for that R2 spot. Um, but I'm keeping the faith in Jared Wits. I think um, he's probably the safest ruck option. Aside from his score this week, I think he's the safest ruck option aside from English. Um, and hopefully, I mean, he plays Collingwood this week. I know Darcy Cameron's a good ruckman, but I think he should bully uh, DCAM in the one-on-one contest. Um, you, I'm hoping got, at least. Just say, just say you've got Briggs at R3. Who are you yep. trading? Who are you it, trading? Marshall or... I've oh, got Marshall and Wits. Oh, just hypothetically. Um, if I've got yep. weird, if I've got Briggs at R three, look, I, I don't know. I'd probably hold Briggs and I'd trade Wits. I reckon. I know that's going back yep. on my word, but it, it's more just like a price thing at this stage of the year. I think you have to do everything you can to maximize your budget. Um, and I think yeah, holding Briggs, yep. yeah, probably does that. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. A lot of people are in that boat, and like yeah. if you just have a look at the the trade outs for the week, there's quite a few that have Wits um, traded out and, and Royal Marshall. I think they're both going to have monster weekends. So it's it's interesting. Because yeah. um, yeah. Wits, Wits against his old team, the fire's going to be in the belly for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Bandit, rounding out the team, um, who makes your top six in the forward line? Uh, yeah, so I think it's, it's funny. I was going through this today and it, it kind of feels like all these lines are like more simple than what they should be. Like just... Sort of hmm. looking at the preseason predictions we all had, like it's kind of panned out the way we thought it would for the for the most part. Um, so for me, Dunkley, Taranto, uh, Zach Butters, Connor Rose, um, McRae now that he's DPP, um, and again one of Goulden or, or Daniel. I couldn't really couldn't really split those two. So um, yeah, they're the, they're the sort of six or seven players I've, I've got it at the moment. Nico, yeah, I found the forwards pretty tough. As well, Josh Dunkley, obviously, miles ahead uh, with Tim Taranto behind him. But then, yeah, blanket job with, with Butters, McRae, Gordon, Rosie, Caleb Daniel, who's four eligible as well. Coming home, Nick Martin, he'll um, he'll probably finish the, the season strongly as well, looking, you know, at the fixture run that the Bombers have got, which we've touched on already. And I like Darcy Cameron as a Smokey. I've talked him mm. up last week and there was a little bit of uncertainty from the chief around Darcy Cameron, but I think he's the number one dude. And um, okay. yeah, I reckon, I reckon he's going to be scoring around that 110 mark coming home. 110? 110. Wow. Yeah. That's a oh, huge call. 107 on the weekend. Like, yeah. And, and actually true, he did come off with the, with the blood roll and he missed a very a relatively easy set shot. So, yeah, it could have been even bigger. 110's a big call, though. I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. You reckon he'll average 110 from here on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll hold you to it. Um, I've gone, yeah, Dunkley, Taranto, obvious, uh, F1 and F2. Um, aside from that, though, yeah, it gets a bit tougher. Um, I think Zach Butters and Connor Rosie have both made um, or both had pretty good seasons or very good season for Butters in particular. Um, so they'll take the three and four spot. Look, I want to make a case for Caleb, Caleb Daniel. He's got a five-round average of 132, um, averaging 104 for the season. But with JJ coming back, I don't know how that's going to affect his role. So instead of him, um, I'm just going to go safe with Jack McRae, uh, Errol Golden. Um, well, I think that's my five and six. Yeah, so no room for Stephen Canilio, unfortunately. Yeah, where's um, Cogs? 
Yeah, well, you you'll be you'll be happy with that, Nico. You're not the you're not the biggest no, Cogs fan, are you? I've, I've had him all year, so not not. Yeah, really. true. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. How many how many of those blokes do you reckon we'll have as forwards next year? I reckon zero. Oh. Of like you don't. I like think Lee Taranto, Butters, Rosie, McRae, Golden. Like none of those guys will have DPP, will they? Mm. Yeah, I don't it's gonna think be so. going to be mm. some pickings next year in the forwards. I reckon. Maybe Golden just, maybe by the, the skin of his yeah, teeth. Yeah, he has kicked a few goals this year, so well, that might help yeah. yeah. Butters does, it's all we start as well. I mean, Butters does start on the forward flank a bit yeah. um, mm. and then pushes into the mid from there, so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I well. don't know. But, I mean, Dugowie didn't get forward status for Collingwood mm. this year, so yeah. we could be they're in pretty, trouble. They're pretty ruthless might, about it, I think. Yeah. Mm. Might be going You've, key um, forwards next year. If McRae's got it now, if he's got forward status now, does that indicate that he, he most likely has it next year? Or is that completely irrelevant? No, Bontempelli got forward status last year and then they took it off him. So I think it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty case by case, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a tough year next year, um, picking forwards, that's for sure. Um, boys, last little section of, of this big topics part. Um Basically, you, you know, your priorities for the rest of the season. Um, do you continue trading in rookies? You know, you can make a bit of cash. Do you bring in basement price cheapies just to build your bank? Um, do you target underpriced primos or do you go the best player available? There's a lot of different pathways that you can take um, here on out. Bandit, I'll start with you. What are you aiming to do from here on? Yeah, I've, I've still got one primo spot to, to upgrade. So that'll be... Um my primary objective over the next couple of weeks. Um, Callum Mills is the one I'm, I'm looking at from, from that side of things. I've still got uh, Matthew Johnson in my team. So I'm hoping after this week coming that I can just flip Johnson to Mills in, in one trade. Mills' break even still very high and Johnson um, has put together a couple of good scores over the last um, two or three weeks. So if he can just do that for for one more week, I'm hoping to um, to just flip him up to, to Mills and that will complete my, my on-field team. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I'll, I'll have I only have three trades left after, after that, so um, I'm really just planning on leaving those for for injury and, and suspension and whatnot. So um, that's that's kind of it, really. The team will be on autopilot, and it'll really just be about trying to nail um, our captain picks over the over the last sort of seven or eight weeks of the year. Hmm. What about you, Nico? What are you uh, What are you aiming to do? Yeah, pretty much agree with all the bandits points there. Uh, I don't think there's any real reason to bring in you know guys you know capable of making cash unless you've got like seven or eight trades sort of there and, and maybe you could use that you know as a tool for you know luxury money um, and luxury upgrades. Uh, so I'd be personally I'm just looking at sort of bargain basement 102k kind of you know guys that aren't even playing um, who just have DPP. They're the kind of people I'm looking to to bring in at this time of year, and um, yeah, just just have that sort of flexibility of of um, you know being able to move players around it and cover, you know, like I mentioned before, cover three lines with with Nat Fife kind of thing. So that's what I'm doing, but I'd still be looking at um, at value options as well, um, mm. unless you've you know built up you know yourself a, a pretty large sort of war chest. Um, I'd still be looking at you know, the guys that, that are value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put out um, just a little a little trade shortlist today. Um, I think it involved Callum Mills, Jezza Cameron, obviously when he's 
um, under 300K. Uh, and the last one was Clayton Oliver. I'll most likely only be able to get two of those guys. Um, but yeah, those are my priorities going forward. I just think Callum Mills at potentially under 400K is way too hard to pass up pass up on. Obviously, Jezza Cameron at under 300K is going to be way too hard to pass up mm. on. And then Clayton Oliver being Clayton Oliver. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, if you don't own him... I think it's going to be tough to to round out the season well, um, but oh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, um, just just on that, I don't think Jez is going to go under three hundred. His his projections were like ridiculously low when I looked at them. They were like projected oh, okay. forty scores and stuff like that. So, mm, yeah. um, I think he'll probably be around sort of three hundred to three twenty somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think out of those two op- uh, out of those three options that I just said, I think Mills. And uh, and Clary are the real priorities. I think you can co- you can get away with not owning Jezza. Um, obviously, he'll pop up every once in a while, but yeah, we've seen his floor um, can get pretty low this year. Um, uh, sorry, boys, got lost a bit. Oh, here we go. SC Play with subscription know? package. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nico. There's a, there's a read there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you go. Uh, line. Um, no, SC Playbook. The subscription package, it's 50 bucks for the full package. I actually think it's a bit cheaper now. Um, I think Tim has dropped the prices. It might only be 40 bucks for the full package, which is, yeah, absolutely insane value. That gets you NRL, uh, AFL, and BBL for 12 months, um, or you can just buy the AFL package for 30 bucks, um, which also might be a bit cheaper. I'm not actually sure. Uh, that gets you extra premium articles every single round, access to our WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with... Uh, obviously us, um, contributors, and the rest of the SE Playbook community. Um, also, gets you access to a major unlimited group prize with $500 to the top prize, uh, $500 as the top prize for the top-ranked subby to knock off, knock, knock off our team. I'm in absolute shambles at the moment. Um, if a non-subscriber wins, though, we'll split that $250 between the winner and the runner-up. That group code is 345511. Thank God that's over. Whew, it reminds me of the end of last week's pod. <laughs> oh, that, oh my God! Yeah, that was, that was shambles as well. Hopefully, we don't have a repeat of that. When, when um, back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, when, when's Dill back? Jeez, he's um. I think he's struggling. Quick, I, think he's really quick, hasn't he? I think he's just given up on Super Coach. He's had he's had a torrid, yeah, he's had a torrid time of it this year, Dill. Yeah, uh, I don't want to keep him Cam's yeah. razor, Gary, is uh, he's on top of our league at the minute, and um, huge. I think he was last week as well. Yeah, forty-seven point lead and nineteenth mm-hmm. overall. Nineteenth, jeez, wow, good on you, son. That's awesome. Um, we've reached the uh, the part of the subby <laughs> sub subby. What am I talking about? It's part of the potty. Sorry, oh Jesus. Um, where yeah, I just want to chat about your teams. What you're doing this week? Trade plans, captaincy, Bandit, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, no trades this week. Um, like I said, just waiting for, for Johnson to uh, just increase in price a bit more and Mills to, to drop so I can get there in one in one trade. Um, VC and C for the week, um, nice to have Bontempelli back. So um, they play North, I think, from memory. So he looks like a pretty obvious um uh, play. Sorry, I stand corrected. They play Fremantle at uh, Marvel. Um, and I yeah. do like Josh Dunkley against um, Richmond on uh, on Thursday night at the uh, at the Gabra. I think that's that's pretty safe, um, pretty safe play. Mm-hmm. Nico, what about you? I'm really lost with my trades. I think I'm just going to mm-hmm. wait for the teams. It's really annoying that we've got a Thursday night game as well, but at least we get those teams tomorrow. Um 
if Dev if Dev Rob keeps his spot, I may not do anything. If he scores an eighty, I'd probably just use that as my M eight score and wait for for Mills to bottom out like Bandit's doing as well. Um, so I'm kind of hoping I don't have to do anything, but I'm also willing to trade Chincotta, Dev Robertson, and Eddie Ford, who I've got in my forward line. So I do have scope to trade. And the other thing I'm pondering is getting rid of Nat Fife, which will lose my flexibility of cover, but it'll actually let me bring in a Luke Ryan type because of the, the money that's in him. So I'm sort of weighing that up too, and I really have no idea what I'm doing at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love the VC on Josh Dunkley against mm-hmm. the Tigers, who traditionally just let the opposition do whatever they want. And yeah, Bont for the captain at Marvel, Captain Marvel. Can't yeah, really go wrong. Love it. You mm-hmm. can't, yeah, you really can't go wrong with Bont. Um, Trade wise, I'm going Seamus Mitchell um, down to Josh Sin, who hopefully plays. Um, he's borderline basement price. Um, look, if he's a red dot this week, I'll probably just go down to a 102,000 um, player and just pocket that extra 20K. Um, and then, yeah. My upgrade this week, I'm very undecided on it. I think I might just bite the bullet and bring in Mills. Um, yeah, regardless of, of whether I get him now or next week, I'm going to want him eventually. And, yeah, I really want him. I loved what I saw from him on the weekend. I think he had 10 CBAs, um, played three quarters. Um, I think he only played 55%. Well, he had 55% time on ground for a 77, um, which is, yeah, that that's uh, that's good viewing for, for when he does play a full match. Um, captaincy or VC, yeah, very hard to go past Josh Dunkley at the Gabatoir. Um, and then captain, yeah, Laird Dawson against North at Adelaide Oval. Mm. Probably going Dawson, actually, given his, his huge score, 149. I don't think North – oh, I mean, they might put shields on him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's also got a great record against North, um, a 145 and a 134 in his last two. Uh, but yeah, also very tempted by Bont um, under the lid against the Dockers. You don't, you don't um, want to go Marshall well, against West Coast, Chief? No, I've learned my lesson there. Last I've, game I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've very much learned my lesson. Given given West Coast form, I think yeah, this will be another blowout like it was the last time uh, the Saints played, and yeah, that's uh, that's why I'm staying well clear of Jackson Clare as well. I think that they could both be on for huge scores, but. Um, yeah, it's as good an opportunity as any for uh, for St Kilda to rest some of their their studs. Um, yeah, I don't like it. It's too. Yeah, it's uh, probably not. Marshall's definitely a <laughs> risk this week. I think if they if they get up by by yeah. a lot early, he's definitely a chance to get to get subbed out. I think. Yeah, I just yeah, I can't do it to myself again. Um, anyway, guys, we're excited to link up with Better for the footy season. Each round of the season, we'll be producing producing exclusive SC Playbook special markets of our own. Oh God! To follow along, you can find a link to the market in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. It's for those aged eighteen plus. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Nico, I know you've got a great bet for us this week. Let me hear about it. Oh yeah, it's a bit of a throw at the stumps. Just with the um, the record of the teams coming off the bye, obviously it's been well discussed. But I've thrown them all together um, in a little, well not a little, in a big multi, and uh, got myself mm-hmm. fifty one to one for all the teams coming off the bye to lose. So I've had a tenner on that. Yep. So I think there's a couple of games in there that 
that are a bit iffy. Like, I think the Hawks have to get up for me and... Oh, I forget what the other one is, but there's another dodgy one there. But you never know. Carlton. I think Carlton um, is the other one that have to against lose. Um, yeah, against the Hawks. So. The, Giants, the Giants will need to lose to... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Melbourne yeah, yeah, yeah. Melbourne to win. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. look, it's, it's a throw at the stumps, but, I mean, there's a clear pattern there. So, I mean, yeah. it's 10 bucks. So I'm willing to, yeah, have a have a big win. I like it. I'll, I'll one-up you there, and I'm, I'm taking the same bet, but I'm adding a little bit more value. I'm going Brisbane 1-39. to 39. Uh, Obviously, Adelaide just win outright. Fremantle 1-39, to 39. Essendon 1-39, to 39. Hawthorne 1-39, to 39. and Melbourne 25+. Plus. And that is paying 187 bucks. Um, I think if, if, if those teams do win, I think it'll be close. Um, so, yeah, I like taking the big win, little win there. Bandit, do you have you've anything heard about, else? You've heard about the deadly sin, yeah? Uh, <laughs> nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. No, no, no guff. Uh, what have you got? G- gamble responsibly, of course, listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I hadn't really had a decent look at it. I do kind of like, um, given all the midfielders are back this week, I could definitely entertain like a, a 30 plus disposal multi with, um, you know, Lockie Neal, um, Rory Laird, um, Libba, Merritt, and just for a bit of value, maybe a Sinclair type or someone like that. Um, just feel mm-hmm. like there's a few games this round which I think could either be really close or, or be blowouts. So that's generally conducive to, to players that, that get a lot of the ball. So, um, yeah, I think a multi like that is definitely, um, definitely worth thinking about. Yeah, nice. So what I'm, I'm hearing is, is merging what Charlie's got with what you've got yeah. and coming up with about a 5,000 one. Yeah, I like it. There's I about, like it. There's so about five same-game multis you could have in that yeah. and just combine them into one super <laughs> same-game multi. It'd be about yeah. 5,001, no. I reckon. I love it. Well, it'd be it'd be rude if I didn't um, mention the SC Playbook official market on Better, um, which isn't actually up yet, but I can tell you the details of it. I've had a rough couple of weeks with the with the Better promo. Um, can't remember the last one that hit, but they've been close. Obviously, last week was was uh, just got unlucky. Jezza Cameron got injured before he even touched the ball. Um, Tom Stewart did rack up a hundred plus fantasy, um, so yeah, got half that one correct. But the the one this week is um, Brisbane win which they should. Um, Josh Dunkley, 120-plus AFL fantasy points. We haven't got a price on that. We haven't got odds on that yet. But, um, oh, look, I imagine it'll be paying three to four. What do you reckon, Nico? Yeah, sounds pretty good. He's averaging good. Uh, he's averaging 110 AFL fantasy points for the year so far. Mm-hmm. So, yep, okay. Playing a, a, a very loosely defensive uh, Richmond side. He should be in for a big one, I hope. Oh, Nico, you weren't listening. You weren't listening. <laughs> I've called you out. I've called you out with that. Um, yeah, I just I just nodded along, so I'll have to yeah, I'll okay. have, to have a look at the promo when it comes out. And, well, yeah, when it, when it yeah. comes out, I'll, I'll save the surprise for when it comes out. Um, yeah, boys, I mean, that that about does us for, for tonight. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, again, it's been uh, a lot of giggles and a lot of stuff-ups on my behalf. This has been um, the worst this pod we've had, I reckon. Yeah, no, it's been fun though. It's been, been nice having a chit chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get up. Feeling relaxed. It's, it's good. Exactly, back. Eddie. 
Ring back. Free. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna log off and brush up on my script reading. Um, yeah, that was atrocious. No, anyway, boys, thanks for joining me, and um, I will most likely see you this time next week if I don't get sacked.